BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there, you are listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is episode 319, 21 books for your summer reading. It is already the middle of June, but there are still like a solid eight weeks left of summer reading. And if you're still on a like library hold lists for new releases, or you had great intentions about summer reading and you have watched it fall to the wayside because you just didn't have a great book in your hands, hopefully this episode will help. I've compiled a list of 21 books that I have read over the past six summers. Like I read them in the summer and they all feel like summer books and they're all backlist titles. So it should not be hard to get them immediately at the library or even at a used bookstore for cheap. They're easy to find. I'm going to share the books in the order of the summers I read them, a little chronological action, and I will try and give you like some good book words to help you know if they're a good pick for you. In fact, we have done a lot of reading episodes um, over the years, a lot of which are meant to help you figure out your reading style and the type of books that are best for you. So uh, we'll have a link to um, maybe even a playlist of some of those since there are a few of our favorite like reading episodes, including uh, 267, Find Your Summer Reading Rhythm. That could be really helpful because we're in summer and you might need a rhythm. 268 is 10 summer reading ideas for your kids. Uh, 213, Create a Summer Reading Club. 227, How to Know What to Read Next with our beloved book genius, Ann Bogle, and the bonus episode from this past December, How I Read 120 Books This Year. Y'all, I'm on track to read more than that in 2023, which is absolutely bonkers. Figuring out how to add reading to your life and the right kind of reading, it is one of my favorite things to do for myself and here with you. So all that said, if you need help on, you know, reading rhythms and stuff, I gotcha. And if you need specific titles that are easy to come by, I've got that too in this episode today. So let's start with uh, two books that I read in the summer of 2017 that feel like great summer reads. The first is A Study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallaro. Cavallaro? Cavallaro? And I still remember the feelings I had reading this book. It was such a fun, exciting, like quirky read. It's about the teen descendants of Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. You guys, amazing. Jamie Watson is the great, great, great grandson of John Watson and Charlotte Holmes is the great, great, great granddaughter of Sherlock. They connect when someone they both know dies under suspicious circumstances. And of course, it's like so fun to see the next version of the crime fighting Holmes and Watson duo. It is such a blast. 
I don't remember it being too objectionable in any way either. Like technically it's a YA novel and a really great one. I honestly still think about it six years later. Like I do. I'm just like, man, that was such a good book. So that's A Study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallaro. The other great summer book I read in 2017 was Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay. The book asks the question, uh, what if Jane Eyre was a serial killer? Something we have all wondered, right? This is such a fun, smart read, and it pays homage to the classic without disrespecting it. I did wonder if I would be annoyed by like the loose retelling because I love Jane Eyre so much, but Jane Steele felt like a separate story seen through like a very snarky mirror. It is fabulous, surprisingly fun. Plus the cover is really great if you end up finding a physical copy somewhere. So I will say if you tend to be tender about classic retellings, just skip it, you know, know yourself. It's okay. So that is Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay. Next up is the summer of 2018, and I pulled three novels from that summer that I read that all feel like summer, but they're, they are very different from each other. The first is The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert, also a fantastic cover. If you have been around a while, you know my love for this book. It is the story of 17-year-old Alice, whose grandmother was the author of some cult favorite fairy tales. Well, the fairy tale characters, many of them super dark, start to show up in Alice's real life. And when Alice's mother goes missing, presumably at the hands of some of these characters, she's got to figure out why and find her mom. It is so weird and amazing. This book was actually one of the first to really get me into dark fairy tales. I, I love I love dark fairy tales. And I have not really read one that I actively disliked in quite a while. Like it is a favorite subgenre of mine for sure. So if you don't mind like a little bit of spooky, because there's a little bit of spooky, uh, give this a try. It's so great. That's uh, The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. The second book from my 2018 summer and the fourth on our list is The Likeness by Tana French. This was my first Tana French novel and probably still my favorite. I've actually read it twice which is unheard of for me. It's the story of a detective who has a shocking likeness, hence the title, to a dead girl in the woods. So she actually becomes that girl, like going undercover in this girl's actual life to find the killer. It's so good. Plus, Tana French is not gruesome. Uh, her crime writing, it's not cozy by any stretch. It's not, co they're not cozy murders, not cozy mysteries. But it's more like uh, psychological and fascinating. There's very little gore or things to be, you know, overtly grossed out by. So that is The Likeness by Tana French. Love that book so much. And then the final uh, 2018 book is one that still makes me laugh when I think about how obsessed I was with it. And that is the book Seabiscuit. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, Seabiscuit. Like the horse uh, by Laura Hillenbrand. This book is an actual doorstop. It is enormous. And I do not read enormous books. It is not my vibe. It's also about horse racing, which is also not my vibe. Like, I don't have any interest in horse racing whatsoever. I don't even remember why I picked this book up, honestly. Like, it defies logic. I think I probably heard it was good. It was like a classic. It was probably a dollar at a book sale. I don't know. But I started reading it one day in the summer of 2018, and I could not put that puppy down. It just grabbed me so hard and would not let go. I loved it so much. I did not skim a lick of it. Like I read every word. 
Now, I would say if you enjoy history, you will love this book, but I do not enjoy history. And I also love this book. Like it was, it was a fabulous reading experience minus the hand cramps because it was so hard to hold because again, it is enormous and it's still a mystery to me. It's a mystery to me why I read it and loved it, but I did. So there you go. That is Seabiscuit by Laura Hillenbrand. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy, and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps, and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. I found Olive in June in 2020 when we were all looking for new hobbies and things to do. Well, now almost four years later, doing my nails at home with my daughter, Annie, and Olive in June's Manny system is still one of the things I look forward to every week. Olive in June makes it easy to get a salon-worthy manicure from the comfort of your home. The Manny system has everything you need in one box, salon-grade tools designed just for DIY, and your choice of six polish colors. And y'all, the colors they make are stunning. Annie and I just tried out their new colors for Valentine's day i'm wearing love note a sparkly nude that matches my skin tone and annie is wearing bouquet a shimmery pink that matches her personality plus olive and june's polish is chip resistant and lasts for seven days visit oliveandjune.com slash lazy genius for 20 percent off your first manny system that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e.com slash l-a-z-y-g-e-n-i-u-s for 20 percent off your first manny system This episode is sponsored by Ritual. The days are getting longer, but it's still tough to get the recommended vitamin D from sunshine alone, not to mention the risks we take with sun exposure. That's why I love that my multivitamin is helping me out. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus, that's the one I take, was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. And for someone like me who likes to move but has glass knees, I'll take all the extra support from my multivitamin I can get. 
Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, flute and major allergen free, and gentle on an empty stomach. Plus, each bottle has a minty essence that makes taking them actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash lazy genius. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash lazy genius for 20% off. So over the years, my reading has increased in like uh, amount and things really took a turn in that in 2019. I think this was when I really identified that reading was my hobby. I, I love doing it more than just about anything. So I started reading more because I gave myself permission to read more. And in the summer of 2019, there are four books that felt perfectly suited for summer reading that I will share with you now in a, in a summer that was full of more books than normal. The first book is, um, I think is almost a perfect novel. Uh, that is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. The Lost Man is a story about a set of brothers in the Australian outback. One is estranged from the family, but he comes back when another brother is found dead. It's a bummer of a reason to come back to your estranged family, but there you go. Uh, Jane Harper writes settings, especially like these dry Australian environments, like they are another character. She is a master. She's a master of that. And this feels like the perfect novel to me because honestly of a mastery of a number of things, the setting, um, the story itself, which is compelling, but not forced, uh, the pace, which moves at a really great clip, but it doesn't feel like it's rushing the characters. They are so believable and complex in a way that makes you immediately care for them. And it's just so well-written with a fantastic ending. I mean, it is, it's still a favorite novel ever because of just how perfect it is. Now, Granted, that is my opinion, but I remember talking to Jamie Golden, one of the hosts of the podcast, which is my favorite podcast. She reads a ton of books and she also loves this book for the same reason. Like we were both like, yeah, it's like, it's like practically the perfect novel. I don't even understand. It's just like weirdly perfect and so good in the summer because it's like hot Australian desert. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a great book. That is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. Okay, I got to speed up. We have a lot of books left. Next is A Short History of a Girl Next Door. A Short History of the Girl Next Door by Jared Reck. Now, I've never saw this on Bookstagram. I picked this up at the library because I love the cover. It is about Matt and Tabby, childhood best friends who live across the street from each other. But then when they become teenagers, Matt uh, Matt realizes he loves Tabby, but Tabby is into somebody else. It is sweet. It's heartbreaking. So relatable. Um, it has like a rainbow rowl vibes. It's so good. So that's a short history of the girl next door by Jared Reck. Next from the summer of uh, 2019 is the book of speculation by Erica Swiler. I am just going to read you the online synopsis because it's perfect. It's better than anything I could ever say about this book. Here we go. Simon Watson, a young librarian lives alone in a house that is slowly crumbling toward the Long Island Sound. His parents are long dead. His mother, a circus mermaid, you know how much I love circuses. His mother, a circus mermaid who made her living by holding her breath, drowned in the very water his house overlooks. His young sister, Enola, ran off six years ago and now reads tarot cards for a traveling carnival. One June day, an old book arrives on Simon's doorstep sent by an antiquarian bookseller who purchased it on speculation 
like not opening it. Fragile and water damaged, the book is a log from the owner of a traveling carnival in the 1700s who reports strange and magical things, including the drowning death of a circus mermaid. Since then, generations of mermaids and Simon's family have drowned, always on July 24th, which is only weeks away. As his friend Alice looks on with alarm, Simon becomes increasingly worried about his sister. Could there be a curse on Simon's family? What does it have to do with the book? And can he get to the heart of the mystery in time to save Enola? In the tradition of Sarah Gruen's Water for Elephants, Aaron Morgenstern's The Night Circus, one of my favorite books, and Elizabeth Costava's The Historian, the book of speculation with two color illustrations by the author is Erica Swyler's moving debut novel about the power of books, family, and magic. I mean, is that not perfection? I love this book. It was so good. It was a little sadder than I expected, but so good. So that's it. That's the book of speculation by Erica Swyler. The final book from the summer of 2019 was Recursion by Blake Crouch. I love all Blake Crouch books. I think this one is maybe my favorite. What's wild? I don't even remember what it's about. I don't remember, but I remember how it made me feel. Isn't that how all books go? Uh, so there is a, I know there's a detective and a scientist They're trying to figure out why there is an epidemic of people who are uh, driven mad by memories that are not their memories. That's all I remember. Uh, Blake Crouch is a master of the sci-fi thriller, and I loved this book. But frankly, any Blake Crouch is a great choice for the summer. Dark Matter was also really good. I mean, all Blake Crouch is great. But that is Recursion by Blake Crouch. Okay, In the summer of 2020, I launched the Lazy Genius Way into the world during a pandemic. So when I look back on that summer, uh, reading was sparse. It was very sparse. But there was one book that stands out as a fantastic summer read, and that is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. This book was hot during that summer, and I think for good reason. It is for sure a gothic novel, like super moody, set in this old house that's a character all its own. Noemi is the main character, and she is tough and smart and a debutante and kind of uh, an unlikely heroine in the setting. So her cousin writes her this unhinged letter saying she's in danger. The cousin's like, I'm in danger in this crazy house. So Noemi goes to this creepy mansion where her cousin lives with her weird husband and tries to figure out what's going on. It's so creepy and so weird and so awesome. I mean, it is the definition of a gothic novel, if you like those. I will say it is hit or miss. People either love it or hate it. There's not, I have not heard personally a lot of middle ground around Mexican gothic. But if you love it, it's also being made into a series. We'll see if that sticks because of the writer's strike. But it's, uh, it's a very cinematic, compelling book. Super weird. I loved it. Which uh, is great that I loved it since it was one of the only books I read that whole summer. <laughs> so that is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Moreno Garcia. Okay. Now, 2021 was a different story. I have seven books from that summer that are still some of my favorite books. Not just summer reads. Like, favorite across the board. So great. And I read more, I read so many more than seven. Like, these are just like the top seven of an incredibly uh, uh, vibrant summer of reading in 2021. The first, oh, we were in a pandemic. That's why. Okay. Uh, the first is Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry. I love Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry is a treasure. Uh, his book, Jaber Crow, is one of my favorite books of all time. And Hannah Coulter is like touching that book. They're so close in terms of favorites. It is a quiet, 
beautiful novel about a woman who takes care of her family on a farm. I, I am so bad at describing Wendell Berry novels because I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to explain to you how this small, like little book full of these little moments in this fictional woman's life will change you as a person, but it does. It's just what happens. So accept it. I love this in the summer too, because of how much of the story takes place outside. It is just a treasure. It's a treasure. So that is Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry. Next is Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. This is not going to change your life, but it's super fun. It's a rom-com. I imagined Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling being the leads. That was the correct choice. But uh, Emma, we're going to use the actual um, actors' names, not the characters' names, because I don't remember the characters' names. Emma is a hand letterer in New York City, mostly doing like uh, rich people's wedding invitations. But she also has this skill where she knows how long a marriage is going to last based on the invitation. So she makes this cavalier choice in the beginning of the book in one particular invitation to include like almost a word of warning in the invitation. And then the groom, Ryan Gosling, uh, sees it, sees the warning. And when his marriage does indeed fall apart a year later, he goes to find Emma, the calligrapher, to find out how she knew. And of course, you know, by that time she has her own issues. She's trying to figure out and they go on a journey together to like figure out their stuff. It is an enemies to lovers trope, which is my favorite. It's my favorite of the rom-com tropes. Holy moly. It's a really good book, y'all. It's like a solid summer choice that you won't have to wait on a list for at the library. You know, it's like solid. It's good. So that's Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. Next is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. This one took me a minute to get into because I, I didn't quite understand what was happening, but I'll tell you what's happening now so that you, you go in reading it like, oh, I get it. Uh, the main character, Aiden, he's at this fancy house with all these fancy people at a fancy party, and he keeps repeating the same day over and over again in order to find the killer of Evelyn Hardcastle, who's another like person at this house. It is a locked room mystery which I love a locked room mystery um that is something Agatha Christie perfected where all the people involved in the story are there so somebody there has to be the killer that's why I love the movie Gosford Park it's a locked room mystery in like a Downton Abbey upstairs downstairs sort of setting that's such a good movie but I love a locked room mystery and this is a really good one super creative a little magical because of the whole like time travel thing it's really fun. So that is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Next from that summer was Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I adored that book. I, oh my gosh. Taylor Jenkins Reid is at the top of her game. And um, this is my favorite of hers by like a significant margin, I think. And I love her other stuff. But Malibu Rising, it is about four siblings in California who are at their annual epic beach party that they host in their fancy house because the oldest sister is in like a model, model, actress? I don't remember. I think she was a model. But um, all kinds of family drama just explodes at this party. I loved, loved the main character, Nina. I related to her a lot and uh, their family situation. So it just, it felt like oddly personal to me. This book made me cry. Like I cried during this book. I laughed. I gasped. I did all kinds of things. It was so perfectly read in the summer too because it takes place over one day in a California summer. It's just really, really good. So that is Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We'll be right back. All right, three more from the summer of 2021, which I think, 
I think that must have been my best reading season maybe ever, maybe. Like all home runs, all bangers. So good. Okay, I read Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir uh, this summer, which um, was the summer it came out, this book. And it was the most fun, delightful reading experience about aliens that a human could ever have. It was alive and so sparkly. I loved it. I think people who don't like sci-fi would love this book. What's fun is when I read it, it had already been optioned for a movie, like out the gate. And Ryan Gosling is cast as the lead already. He was then and he still is. Now, I don't know where this movie is in development. And again, the writer's strike could impact that timeline. But I imagined Ryan Gosling as the lead because he was already cast as I read it. And he is perfectly cast, perfectly. Like this, this was part of what made the reading experience so good was how much he added to the character on the page. Like just imagining him saying the words. It was excellent. An excellent book. I love that book with my whole heart. I kind of want to read it again now. Like it was so good. So that's Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Another book that's great to read again because of the twists is Who is Maud Dixon by Alexandra Andrews. This is about a woman uh, down on her luck, sad after a breakup, who gets a job working for a reclusive author Maud Dixon. I cannot remember who I cast in this story, but I know Jennifer Lawrence was one of the people. I think she was Maud. And then the woman who works for her was Anya Taylor-Joy. Is that right? Or maybe Jennifer Lawrence was the girl who works and Kate Winslet was Maud. That would also be a good call. I remember the ages being like a little murky of these characters, but Jennifer Lawrence is in this book. I put her in this book somewhere. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, this book was a trip. It was so good. It was a wild ride, a thriller for sure. Summer page turner, you know, if you didn't read it then and you like that kind of book, you like like a psychological thriller, give it a try now. So good. That's Who is Maud Dixon by Alexandra Andrews. My final book from the perfect reading summer of 2021 was The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly. This is technically middle grade, I think. Like it's great for kids over 10, but it is one of my favorite novels of all time. It, uh, it just hit me at the right time and place. The story is about a young boy named David whose mom has died and books are his only companion. He finds himself inside these stories suddenly and experiences grief, like processes his grief as he tries to save himself and others and fight evil people. And is it real? And is it not? It is just beautiful and heartbreaking and human. So well-written. I wept at the end, wept like a daggum baby. I was like, oh my gosh, it just took me out. My sister um, apparently had told me to read this book for years. And for whatever reason, it just did not connect in my brain and I didn't read it. I didn't even remember she told me. Like I took a really long time to read this book. So when I did read it and I was like, oh, have you read the book of lost things? She practically yelled at me. She's, yes, I've been telling you to read this book forever. <laughs> so if you like the same books that I do, particularly books like The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman and The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, I think you'll love this. It's really special. So that is the book of lost things by John Connolly. And now this brings us to last summer, the summer of 2022, where four of the books I read were really solid, solid summer picks. A couple of them top reads of like of the whole year. So first is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. It is still a top selling book over a year later. 
Like people are still reading this thing like crazy, thousands and thousands of copies a week. I listen to it on audio because the narrator is Marin Ireland, who is my favorite audiobook narrator, probably like of all of them. Now, I really like this book. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I'm not surprised by that because it's not in the dead center of books I usually love. It's a lot about character. And while I like characters and how they interact, like it matters to have characters that you care about, I prefer a plot. I like plot and story more. And the story was great, but it was a supporting role in the reading experience. The characters are where this book shines and it shines really well. So I share it even though I just liked it because so many people love it. And I can see why. I can see why. If you like a character-driven novel, I cannot imagine you not liking this book, if not loving it. It's really excellent. It's, you know, still selling for a reason. So that is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. Next, One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle. Surly? Probably not Surly, right? That would be great if your last name was Surly. And then maybe you have like a really sweet disposition. It's fine. Okay. I listened to this one too on audio. It was narrated perfectly by Lauren Graham of Gilmore Girls. She nailed it. In fact, I think if I remember correctly, this book opens with a Gilmore Girls quote, I think. So that was like a fun little beginning to have Lauren Graham read that. Anyway, this is a perfect summer book. I mean, the word summer is literally in the title. It is about a woman who lost her mother uh, who was her most like formative favorite relationship and she cannot cope. So she pushes, uh, her husband away. She wonders what, uh, her life means anymore. And she travels alone to Italy. She and her mom were supposed to take this trip to Italy together, but her mom died. So she went alone and a day into her trip, she meets a woman who, uh, looks a lot like her mom. And it turns out it is her mom. Like, at her, at her age, like as a, her peer, it is so stunning. It's a beautiful story about relationships and grief and finding joy in life. What's funny is I did not have to look this book up to remind myself of the story, which I sometimes have to do from time to time. Like this story is burned into my brain in the best way. It just, it's set up so well. I can see the Italian seaside. The story is so vivid and really enjoyable. So that one was a winner for sure. Again, that's uh, One Italian Summer by Rebecca, not Surly. Next up is Taste by Tanley, Tanley, Stanley Tucci, the Tucci. Listen to this one on audio, please, so you can hear him read it. Like, th- th- that is a given. It is clever. That man can drop an F-bomb out of nowhere, like cool rain on a hot day. He describes spaghetti like no human should be able to describe spaghetti. He tells the story of his family in such a profoundly beautiful way. It is just such a good book. And if you haven't listened to it or read it yet, this summer is a great time to do it. I think because he talks about setting so much and because Italian food, especially, it feels more like summery and outdoors. This just fits in the summer months. So that is Taste by Stanley Tucci. And finally, from the summer of 2022... Book Lovers by Emily Henry. I have read all Emily Henry books and book lovers. Uh, Frankly, I don't know how anything would ever be better to me. Like, I mean, I love Emily Henry's writing and stories. 
And even if I don't love one of her books, like it's still great. Like like a bad Emily, Emily Henry book is still a really great book. But Book Lovers is top tier, like top of my mountain. I think it's my favorite rom-com ever. I think that's a safe assumption. It is just so stinking good. I imagined Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds as the main characters, and that tracked super well. So Blake is a, again, I don't know the characters' names. Blake is a stereotypical like New York power girlfriend. She's the person that the boyfriend dumps when he goes home to his family's like Christmas tree farm or whatever. And he meets the sweet country girl in an apron and he dumps his main New York girlfriend. She's the main New York girlfriend. This is an enemies to lovers story, which I already said is my favorite. So Blake is a literary agent who goes to a little town to be with her sister and loosen up after her breakup and like live all of the like small town rom-com tropes. And while she's there in town, also in town, is an editor who she hates. But they have to um, work together on a project because of course they do. And then of course they fall in love. But the journey to get there is so good. I I really hope that I did not give book lovers away to anybody to read because I seriously want to go grab it right now and start reading it again. Like it is just sharp as a tack. Sharp as a samurai sword. It is so daggum good. And perfect in the summer. I mean, rom-coms are, and this is, I think, the best one. So that is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Okay, that's 20 books. My 21st book, because I promised you 21 books. My 21st book is my favorite novel of the year so far, I think. I think, at least in the top three. And I read it in April, which was not summer, but like, I'm going to make it a perfect summer read for anybody who wants it. And it is called Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekalock. I don't know how to say that, uh, but he's a very good writer. It's a story that takes place during a summer, a very appropriate, in a fancy house with a fancy family. Um, so Mallory is the main character. She has just gotten out of rehab. She is looking for a job, which is hard to find, just coming out of rehab. And she gets this job as a nanny for this rich family in this rich house. And uh, she stays in the guest house on the property, which has creepy vibes. But the kid she's taking care of likes to draw. But sometimes this kid draws really scary pictures. And you need to get the physical copy of this book because it has the pictures in it. Like it has the drawings in it. But the story is Mallory trying to figure out what is hidden in these pictures. It's so good. It is the perfect amount of like creepy and exciting. It's heartfelt it's really interesting. Like, it's just great. I loved it. I loved it. So that is Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekalock. Okay, we will have all of these titles linked up for you in the show notes. I hope that you are excited about at least one book from this list so you can quickly get your next summer read and like get back into that rhythm. And don't forget about the links to those summer reading podcast episodes if you need a little extra help there too. Okay, before we go, let's celebrate the lazy genius of the week. This week, it's Michelle Eichkeid? I know I'm saying that wrong, Michelle. But on the chance I'm right, I love that you're, you're it sounds like ice chai. Ice chide? Moving on. Michelle writes this. I have two rings I always wear. And at home, they go directly on a decorative ring holder when I take them off. But when I'm traveling, it was more of a problem. I tried my makeup bag, a little compartment in my luggage, but I hated rummaging through to find them and also hated that second of panic when I didn't see them immediately. So now I keep them on until I'm ready to charge my phone and then I string them on the cord and then plug it in. 
presto, no rummaging and no panic because I see them right away. That first morning when I put them on, I thought, no, I really am a lazy genius. Thanks for everything. Michelle, this is so great. First, what a great tip. And I want to highlight something in particular here. Remember a couple of weeks ago in our office hours episode where I talked about solving annoying problems instead of overwhelming ones? This is a great example. Finding a place for your rings while traveling where you don't forget them is for sure an annoying problem. It isn't overwhelming at all, but it is worth paying attention to. I think the more we kindly solve annoying problems, the fewer overwhelming problems we'll actually have. Or at least they won't feel as overwhelming because we've learn to make things smaller and solve what's actually solvable. So thank you for this idea, Michelle. Uh, But more for the reminder to think like a lazy genius for even the tiniest of things. And congratulations on being the lazy genius of the week. All right. All thanks so much for listening. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra. I'll see you next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.